Oh God. You understand that? Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. Yeah. All right. Thank you for joining the ESBC podcast network, and I love these because they're betting briefings. It's not as long as our normal podcast, but we get right to the point. But the briefings, like every other podcast, is a business meeting with a purpose and an outcome. So the purpose is, as always, to be more frank and give you better information than what you get in other forms. And the outcome is we make money on this. And that now I'm getting inspired. I'm going to start the baseball betting briefings as well as we're going to give you college football uh, previews of every major conference, uh, NFL previews at the end of August. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Persinisi has been uh, gracious and generous with his time that he's going to give us breakdowns of each major golf tournament, a betting breakdown before we start. <clears throat> so thank you for doing that, Mike Christianese. You're welcome, Josh. Now, I, I don't know anything about golf. Mm-hmm. However, with that <laughs> being said, uh, pre-pandemic, the year before the pandemic, I said to myself, actually it was, I think it was right when the pandemic started or the year before, everything's running into each other. But I looked at something, I was reading the paper and I said to myself, Tiger Woods doesn't have many more opportunities to win a major. Augusta isn't the hardest course in the world. He can get hot. And at like 1,201, it's worth my 100 bucks. You put it on Tiger Woods and lo and behold, he won and my 100 bucks became 1,200 bucks. I don't know anything about golf, but that was actually kind of easy. So the starts can align because he really was the favorite. He was feeling good in that, in, in knowledge, right? I had done my research and had watched golf on TV. I know that Augusta isn't the hardest golf course in the world and older people have won at Augusta before and you get a lifetime membership. So you had, I think, uh, Watson, right? From back in the day, one uh, Augusta in his 50s after not, even being able to be on the PGA Tour. So a very in shape, healthy, happy Tiger Woods was a good investment at, you know, 12 to 1. 12 to 1, that magic number, and then we had the first two uh, rounds of the triple count. So Mike Christianese, thank you for your time. And this is going to be uh, what formerly the British Open. So I loved if it could have been the uh, British betting briefing, but it's not. It's the opening betting briefing as things have, um, I don't know what happened. I'm going to research this, but since I do read a lot about England, that was my first degree, British literature. Uh, I imagine that the Eurozone and the Euro and all things made them change that name, even though Brexit, Brexit it's in full effect, but they want to balance that out. They want a soft Brexit, not a hard Brexit, and uh, Boris Johnson has opened up the floodgates and yeah. allowed people to come in and the old fight the Delta variant 
And this will start, and I'm glad we're doing it today because it's going to start on the 15th. will be the first day, so we get a little bit ahead of it. Instead of crunching it in with our spectacular uh, horse racing true crime, we're going to get ahead of the ballgame. Yeah. So what are your initial thoughts? And what I, You had great overall uh, initial thoughts, so go ahead and hit us with that, Mike Prisanisi. So as we talked about before the podcast, Josh, I have a, I guess the word is a soft spot in my heart for the South African golfers because they play, they grow up learning how to play in very, very windy conditions, tight, narrow fairways, a lot of sand traps, a lot of water, a lot of trees. So I have a tendency to lean in their direction. And just going back over the last few years, 2010, a name from the past, Louis Ustazen, the South African, who almost won the U.S. Open. We had him until John Rahm stole it <laughs> last two holes. Ustazen won in 2010. Ernie Els, another South African, won it in 2012. <clears throat> so I look at the odds and I say to myself that the easy odds right out of the gate are guys like John Rahm, nine to one rory mcelroy and there again rom spanish uh mcelroy northern ireland dustin johnson's up at the top him and bryson DeChambeau. who i just between you and me and our listeners and viewers i don't know if bryson DeChambeau is going to make the cut that's right. just that's my gut feel he right. can run the ball 350 yards but over there at the royal st george's you can't you have to be in the fairway in fact you have to be in the fairway almost all the time you can't be in those bunkers. Those pot bunkers will kill you. They're straight. Well, well, you make a great point, right? Because from, uh, you know, looking at it from a financial standpoint, Bryson Shampoo was in the challenge with Tom Brady. Uh, you don't think he might make the cut, but he's at the top, right? So the purpose of Vegas is to take your money. Vegas won you zero. So just because Shampoo is up there, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean anything. Actually, it doesn't. It means nothing. <laughs> All right. And yeah. now, on top of that, a guy like Mike Persinisi, who's paying attention, knows what's going on, tells you he might not make a cut. So we X him right away, like in uh, horse racing, where the favorite only wins twenty percent of the time. So when you're looking at who's going to win, and we did this in the Kentucky Derby, we X'd out. Really, we did it three times in a row because mm-hmm. we X'd out. The favorite, and even in the Belmont when we got the show horse, Rumbauer or Mike Persinisi got it for us. We X'd out the heavy favorite because we knew pretty much he was going to win. So it was important who was going to finish second and third. Mm-hmm. So using that same logic pattern recognition, which is math, math and logic and probability theory, we're going to go ahead and tell you to cross out Bryson DeChampeau. I just don't see him making the cut. I think he's going to make some good show in the first round. He's going to make some noise. But remember, Thursday and Friday are the days where you get yourself ready. So by Friday afternoon, Friday evening, if you're not at a certain point. Now, let's just say, for example, he makes the cut. I doubt he'll finish in the top 15 to 20. So personally, I'll I'll probably cross him out. I like him. I like him as a golfer. I like the fact he's scientific, but he's too bravado and he's too much about me this year. 
I just, you know, you have to be humble. There's, you have to be humble when you play these, these majors. That's right. why that's why a guy I like right off the bat is Louis Uster. He's another, again, South African. I think he's going off at, uh, I don't know what his odds are. Plus right 2,800. 28 to 1. Okay, so 28 to 1. If he were a horse, <laughs> I, I'd bet him minimum to show. Right. Minimum to show, but he's not a horse. But he has and, and those exotic bets like on Bovada. Yeah. If you go to Vegas, you can pick him to finish in the top three. And the earlier you do it, if you do it now, the more money you'll make. Yeah. Now, for example, just to give you an idea, Louis Ustazen has the temperament, and I use the word patience, to play Royal St. George's. Okay. Right. You get a guy like, and Brooks Kepka can, but Brooksy gets impatient. There's another guy. He's up at the top. He's probably 14, 15 to 1. Okay. If Brooksy can make the cut, because he played on the European tour for 10 years. Most people don't know Got that. It. He was an American guy played 10 years in the European tour. He's way comfortable playing on the European tour, but this is a major and he hasn't gotten quite the oomph out of his game yet. Now, I don't think John Rahm is going to be near the top at the end of the day. I do think Rory McIlroy is, and I'll tell you why. Rory's been playing great golf this last six months. He His game has come a long way. Dustin okay. Johnson... Dustin Johnson, if Dustin Johnson can stay in the fairways, he can be in the top 10. I don't know if he's going to or not. I just don't. Him and Bryson, they get into these, and even Brooksy, they get into these macho, you know, I'll drive the ball 375 yards. You don't need to do that at Royal St. George's. You don't. You, you want to be in the fairway. And you don't want to be in those pot bunkers. And the, the greens, you have to know how to get that ball close to the cup. A guy like Jordan Spieth, Jordan's played great this year. This has kind of been his quote-unquote comeback year. I think Jordan is going to do well. He's won it before. Jordan won back. When did Jordan win? He won back in 2017. So he knows he knows the courses. He knows how to win uh, an open championship. Um, a couple of guys that are down the list in the odds, Josh, that I'm looking at. Patrick Cantlay is playing, playing tremendous golf. And I think they have him down at something like 30, 33 to 1 or something. You That's know. Patrick Cantley, right here, over here in the Okay. Patrick Cantley is a very solid golfer. Okay. Uh, so Patrick well, Cantley. Yeah, and, and when you're done with this pack, I'm going to ask you a question, then we'll close. Okay. Sure, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish, and then because it's a good closing kind of question. Okay. So there's so this a made me a lot of money, so I want to be able to share it with everyone. Well, there's a couple other guys here. Go up a little bit. A guy like uh, Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland has been playing great golf all year long. So he is positioned to be uh, make a run, if you will. And he's got right. the game, he's got the temperament. He seems to be very even keeled. Now you right. say, Mike, most golfers are even keeled. No, <laughs> watch Bubba Watson hold a hole. He's not even keeled. Okay, that's right. Bubba. Okay, another guy, if he can control himself, and I use that phrase advice, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed has, gotcha. he has a he plus knows, 4,000. Yeah, he's going off at 40 to 1. That's a guy that's going to be up in the top 10, 15, I believe. Okay. Phil Mickelson. Phil is an emotional, we love Phil kind of ploy. I doubt Phil's going to make the cut, to be honest. I, you know, it sounds good. looks good. I doubt it. Now, Shane Lowry. Okay. Shane Lowry won the uh, uh, Open in 2019. He's an Irishman, uh, Ireland. He could Plus do 4, Yeah, he, he could make a good showing because he has the temperament, he has the game, and he's of European uh, playing. Uh, now you get down further. Justin Rose is from England. 
Lee Westwood, they're from England. Okay, these are English guys in their home country. I think they're going to make the cut. I don't know if they're worth betting on beyond that. Rosie, Justin Rose, I mean, he's got a solid game. He's an Olympian. Could he win it? He could. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I put some money on him to be in the top five, probably. Um, another guy who Adam Scott's played all around the world for years. Adam Scott is an Australian. He's a good golfer. Mark Leishman is a good Australian golfer. Okay. So there's two Australians, two Aussies that could do well. Right. Uh, to watch. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, again, a guy from England. Tommy Fleetwood has got great game. Uh, he might be a surprise uh, pick. He might be one of those dark horses where you say, Tommy Fleetwood, Tommy Fleetwood could win it. Vegas seems like they agree with you with that you see the price. Because I don't know anything from Adam from golf. I'm just looking at the numbers. But based on the numbers, Vegas is agreeing to my person easy. Ah, I'll be done. I didn't know that. Now, another guy, again, another guy from England, Terrell Hatton. Terrell Hatton, he's an emotional guy for an Englishman. He gets pretty fired up. If he can maintain and he can control himself and he makes the cut, he could be in the top 10, 15 come uh, Sunday at the, at the Open. Um, Jason Day, I don't think physically he's back. He still has a lot of trouble with his leg, his back. Uh, same with the young guy, Will Zelatoris. He's He doesn't have enough seasoning yet. We saw him once or twice. He's done well. Uh, I don't know if he has played enough European-type courses to even make the cut. Um, that's I like him. I think he's a young and upcoming kind of guy. Sergio Garcia. Sergio Garcia from Spain, always a favorite. You know, <laughs> he's right. a great showman. Now he's married. He's got children. He's settled down. He's living in Texas. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to do well in Europe in the, the Open. Well, w one edge I think he has, right, mm -hmm. would be that in Texas, if he's living in Texas the whole time, they never shut down any of the golf courses. He could go out and practice the whole time. True. And it is windy in Texas. True. Now, one of my favorite guys. That's I'm, full. Yeah, one of my That's guys is Francesco Molinari. He's from Italy. He's Italian. I think they have him at like 75 or 80, 85 going. I don't know what the odds are, but he he has got a solid game. He's a solid golfer. He knows how to play European courses. He knows wind. He knows trap. I I like. Um, He's at plus eight thousand. So oh, that's eighty to one. Eighty to one. Okay. I I think those odds are a little skewed, to be honest. I think he'll do way better than that. I just like him. Right. Um, another guy, uh, Danny Willett, another Englishman. Boy, if Danny could pull four rounds of golf together, he could make a lot of people surprised and make a lot of money. But I don't know if he can do that. I, I just don't. He, uh, he's he got to really bring some things together. Right. And then as you go down the list of a couple of guys, I mean, for example, now Ian Poulter. Ian Poulter is great in the uh, Ryder Cup. He just can't seem to get any traction on these uh, majors. Same right. with Martin Keimer from Germany. Martin Keimer is a good golfer. Again, Poulter and Keimer are great guys in the uh, Ryder Cup, but for some reason they just don't get the traction with the uh, uh, with the majors. Okay, and you know Bubba Watson, we all love Bubba Watson. Uh, I, I doubt he's going to make the cut. Uh, Henrik Stenson, if Henrik Stenson is attitudinally up to it, he could make uh, some noise. I, I don't know if he's got enough gas in the tank if he really right. Wants, you know. He's a Swede. He's, you know, they're, they're, he's different. <laughs> right. 
so that's kind of my just a rough rough draft through the first few okay so one thing that's been making a lot of money and i actually needed to use it more in the nba playoffs that's something that you're already listening to you i think you're already on yeah so boiling it down to it because of COVID 19 right yes what has been making me money and making people who listen money stamina now horse racing is skewed because they're you know they're giving horses spiking the horses making their lungs bigger and they don't feel the pain when they exert themselves right but um well uh tiger woods right um got some pharmaceuticals in canada from a billionaire family and some guy who was a good masking agent, <laughs> right? Yeah. So this along the lines of the other podcast. So minus that, that factor, which you have to factor in because A, right. these guys are as good as uh, uh, Djokovic and um, Lokovic, whoever, you know, in tennis, when you oh, move your stroke percentage, 0.001 and you can go from being 200th in the world which is phenomenal incredible to winning a major which is million upon millions of dollars so you have to factor in uh, most likely these guys don't look like it but you never know right these guys that don't look like it like the drunk uh yeah the drunk was uh in golf he was using steroids and everything else includes <laughs> steroids. And he, you know, he weighed, he was out of shape. But he was using them. So you can't go whether somebody's in shape or not in golf, whether they're using, you know, performance enhancing drugs. But Xing that out, the way that we X out a favorite, in your opinion, because uh, as we all know, mental fatigue can tire you more than physical fatigue. Right, right. But putting them both in play. Which are the golfers you think, uh, besides their games, right? Uh, and this is the other thing about people in the European tour is that people have to understand that uh, the United States is a hundred times their economy, the GMP, where you know a hundred trillion dollars. Yeah. Russia is one point seven trillion with a T, so we're a hundred times bigger than Russia. Uh, we're 20 times bigger than Germany, England, and all that. So I say all that to say that the guys on the European tour repeat courses because there aren't as many big-time PGA, big-time courses in Europe. So these are courses they're repeating more than the American guys. And the American guys might have been there once. This guy might have been there 20 times. And then practice places. In the United States, there's a lot more big time uh, ranges and practice places. There's there's just big time practice places here in the U.S. and I bet you in Europe, probably one tenth as many. Also, the U.S. has been a lot open. Some states, Georgia, Texas, and really California. If you're like in Orange County, none of none of those golf courses closed down. So all I say that to say. Uh, Factoring all that in and taking the game out, right? And just focusing on stamina. Who are the golfers, in your opinion, that have the mental and physical stamina the most? 
I like, I'll, I'll say Louis because of the way he uh, played at uh, Torrey Pines. And not necessarily his game, because I don't know anything about his game, but his body language, uh, his happiness. He was still laughing in the, you know, yeah. in the final round when he wasn't playing well. <laughs> it's easy enough to laugh when you know you at least got 10 million in the back. <laughs> Regardless. When he said on that last drive, and I think it was 17, he says, if I stood up on that tee box again, I'd do the same exact thing. Right. Because he knew he had to do all well 17 and 18. Unfortunately, he normally plays a, a straight ball with a bit fade. He he drew it and yeah. awesome. Okay, uh, Louis Ustez and for sure. I uh, he's uh, he's one of my top ten guys right now. Right. Because of all that. Yeah, but, mental mental stamina. You're talking yeah. right there about mental stamina for sure. Another guy I'm agonizing like, over that shot. Another guy I like is Xander Shoffley. He is primed and he's ready. I right. don't know. I think he's 20, 25 to one, but he. This young guy has got the game. He's had the defeats. He's had the disappointment. He said, I, I got to do better. I got to pick up my game. I okay. think that's going to bode well for him here. I like Tommy Fleetwood because he's English and he plays those courses and he plays great golf. He's a very consistent player. So Fleetwood's up at the top. Um, I'm going to throw Jordan Spieth back because Jordan's playing good golf. I think mentally he's now ready to say, you know, I, I could win this open. I think him and Michael is caddy. I think, all right, so these are the least emotional guys because, uh, you know, guys that throw stuff or guys that get mad or guys that you see them frown, those are the guys that are wearing themselves down mental. Right. The thing I like about body language, you can tell as well. Jordan Spieth, he talks to himself, he talks to the caddy, he talks to the ground, he says, I shouldn't have done that. I mean, he, he's, he's like Mr. Auto Instant Correct. I shouldn't have done that. He knows what he shouldn't have done. And every time you watch him play, he's talking to himself. When he hits a good shot, you look at Michael – that, that's what the shot we called, right? That's the one. So mentally, I think Jordan's ready. Uh, again, I'm an emotional guy. I, I've got favorites, but I think Jordan's ready to be up in the, in contention. Um, Patrick Cantley, I mentioned before. Patrick Cantley's strong. He's quiet. He's been through a lot in life. He, this, is, this is just golf is his life, but he knows the challenges and he knows how to play. So I pick, he's going to be there. I mentioned earlier, uh, Victor Hovland is a Swedish guy. Another guy we didn't talk about much is Paul Casey. Paul Casey's Mr. Steady Eddie. Doesn't okay. say low key, soft spoken, but he plays fairly consistent golf. He's English, so that bodes well for them because that's their homeland. That's where they play. So I like him. I like Tony Finau. I like Tony Finau. I don't know what he's going off 45, 50 to 1. I think that's a little high for him because he has the distance, he has the length, he also has the short game. Well, what about his, uh, his temperament? Kevin, he, he is very, he's like Mr. Steady. He's low, okay. key, really laid back. And that's what you need there, patience. Now, I'm going to throw another name in here. Lee Westwood. Okay. I, I, I think, I believe, I feel like Westwood is ready. He's played well this year. He's played well all over. He's played well the last You would see him at the leaderboard. You see, would see him like in the top 50. And what you got to realize is, that uh, all of these guys are good. Anybody that you see yeah. their name that yeah. made it and they finished last in their, you know, plus 50, whatever, that's a phenomenal, great Hall of Fame yes. song. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, here's another one. I, I mentioned the Australians. I Mark Leishman. I think Mark Leishman will do well. I just have the feeling he's, he's due. And another guy that people have kind of poo-pooed and don't say much about the Italian, Francesco Molinari. 
he played great at the U.S. Open. He's been playing great the last couple of years. He has won. He won the. Uh, oh, when he won in 2018. He won the Open. So he's already won it. So now all of that mystique and all that pressure, a lot of that's gone from him. Like it is for Jordan Spieth, like it is for let's say a Louis, like it is for a uh, Henrik Stenson. They've already won it. Shane Lowry, there's another guy. They've already won it, so they know what it takes to win. So I, I like. Uh, I'm gonna see uh, Francesco Molinari. I'm gonna give Harris English a nod. Um, I, he, he, between the U.S. Open, he finished third. Between uh, the one he just won up there on the East Coast, I think he's gotten himself ready and psyched up to say. I should go win a major. He's due. So Harris English is due. I, I feel he's going off like uh, 80 to one or something. So I think those odds might be a little high. So those are the guys I'm kind of watching. All right. Okay. So, yeah, today's the third. And this is going to be on the 15th. And... Yeah. Uh, We'll, we'll give you, I think it's three. I think it's, it's a good number. Three of three picks, three people. Do you have a top three? Or do you want to just to, for us to think about them a little, roll over a little bit, do a little reading the next few days, and then we'll yeah, let's, on let's Twitter. Get, let's get to next week. Because uh, I've got, like I said, I've got maybe about 10 to 15 there. Um, and I have some emotional favorites. I have some favorites that I look at that I think are due. So uh, let's wait till next week. But We'd love to hear from the listening and viewing audience what they think. They've got some input. Right. Uh, be great to hear from people. So All right, absolutely, absolutely. So that is the Open 2021 betting briefing, and we will be back next week uh, before Thursday with another briefing, and we'll give you three good ones. You can watch it and have an exciting time, like we did it. Watching Tory Pines at U.S. Open, having uh, plus 800 one, you know, just one stroke away. <laughs> one stroke away from $800 watching golf. Yeah. And, be it. and we always close with Winston Churchill. It's better to give than to get. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening and growing and binging the ESBC Podcast Network.